Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Always Pressing PGA DFS Pod. You can catch us at Always Press DFS on Twitter. Uh, I am Bubba. You can find me on Twitter at Pediatric. And as usual, joined by the usual twosome, Jesse at DFS Golf Gods. Jesse, how you doing? Doing well, Bubba. Good to be here again. Good, good. And as always, Bucks. You can find him on Twitter at BPSnow11. Bucks, how are we doing, my man? Doing great. Doing great, fellas. Good, good. Um, big weekend coming up. But before we get into that, let's recap a big weekend. Now, we'll get to the DFS in a minute. But uh, overall, uh, Jesse, what do you think of the Wyndham Championship won by none other than Mr. Stenson? Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was a score fest. You know, a lot of birdies. Uh, not too awful many bogeys. Stinson went uh, bogey-free on Sunday to win. And, of course, he was chased down a little bit by uh, a DFS favorite in Ollie Schneider-Jans. But um, overall, I thought it was a good event. Uh, you know, I had, I had Stinson on the pick, so I felt pretty good about that myself. Good, good. Bucks, any thoughts on uh, the event this weekend? No, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was fun to watch. Um a lot of scoring, which we knew was going to happen. Um, there was a ton of eagles, a couple hole in ones, so just a barrage of DK points being thrown out there. So it was a uh, it was a lot of fun to watch. So I'm um, I'm glad Stenson won. He's kind of uh, been working his way back in the mix the last couple months, and so glad to see him get his win. I, I am upset that Sabatini did not win, but it was still a fun week to watch. Yeah, it was good. It was crazy. At least midway through Sunday, you had like a three or four or five-way run at it, and then Stenson and Ollie pulled away. And Stenson, of course, makes a big deal out of first event I've ever won without a driver in my bag. But um, he, he always says three. I, I don't know. It's three with the monster and that driving iron. I don't know. You guys could clear it up for me. Is it a, just a two iron or something? Because he launches that thing. Yeah, it's like a. Uh... It's like a heavy. It's like a hybrid. Not not a, not necessarily hybrid, but it's like a, a driving iron. It's not necessarily a two iron. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. They kept calling it a driving iron. I was like, and he yeah. hit it a good like two seventy, two eighty down the fairway. I was like, Jesus, criminy. Um, so pretty impressive there. Let's get to the DFS point of this, and we'll start with you, Bucks, as you had yourself a little weekend and a little bit of a sweat. Yeah, it was a really good weekend. Um, I entered four lineups, which is about typical for me, three or four, um, and spread those across the 333, the 33, the $8, $4, that kind of thing. Um, and I had a core of Simpson, Sabatini, and Duffner most places. Um, and so that's that, that core of Simpson and Sabatini alone, um, not guaranteed me cash, but was – pretty close. So all four of my lineups cashed. Um, I had four seven, 470 points as my lowest lineup and 533 as my highest. So I um, won about 3x the money I put in. So it was, it was a good week. And yeah, there was definitely a sweat on Sunday. Um, going into it, I think if 
if Weber Rory pulls it out, um, I'm top three, I think, in a 333. So it was a good week. Yeah, not bad at all, Jesse. Anything you'd like to add to your DFS week? No, I don't want to talk about it. I had six out of six <laughs> in my main lineup. I normally, normally, I would play like the twenty max, um, but I went lighter this week because I, you know, wasn't really feeling it, and not been not been too awful good on my lineup selection here recently. So I go light. Didn't do the twenty max. Normally, I would have probably hammered Henrik Henry in the twenty max, but anyways. Liked Henrik, but I didn't play him. Six out of six and cashed nothing. So are last week, the, that's just insane. Are you no. the only? Are you the only six for six on the planet that didn't cash this week? I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't even. You know, I had Streb and uh, and Strillman who played really really well in the weekend with combined uh, plus seven. So that was really fun. And it, it was just crazy because the, the, the rate of six for six that went through was nothing. That's why I was just like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah. You would think it was automatic, right? Especially in a 50-50. Sure. You would think it was in a 50-50, but when your guys finish yeah, 20 effing shots behind Henrik Stenson, it just doesn't do very good. Yeah, that's <laughs> nuts. But uh, I didn't mean to ask that in a negative way. I just wanted to give everybody their time on that one. I apologize. I know, it's all good. Hey, man, it happens. I mean, that's probably the second time it's ever happened. Uh, it doesn't happen very often. That's the beautiful thing about DFS is it's so freaking goofy. You just don't know what the heck's going to happen. Just matters of having the big boys that score big. Because, like, it wasn't this week, but there was a couple weekends ago. guy finished middle of the pack, but he was leading because he had all the birdies and eagles and all that stuff. I can't remember who it was. I want to say Kisner, but I don't think it was Kisner. Um, Mark, Mark Flores, Martin Flores. You just never know. Like, week. I had Martin Flores. Yeah. That guy, you guys all laughed at me for picking. Um, you. He, he finished I with like 100. Did you do well? How did you do? Bubba? He did great. Who? <laughs> Not Who? I, I think he – how did you do, Bubba? Oh, well, first off, James Hahn, dead. Dead to me. Dead. <laughs> he need to be in the $6,000 range for me to ever touch you again. You're horrible. Um <laughs> He birdied the first hole both days to get my hopes up and then just pooped everywhere. Um, I had two five of sixes go through. One ended up doing pretty well, but nothing crazy out of my three lineups. Nothing worth celebrating or anything like that. So same old stuff, different day. Let's get to the important part. The FedEx Cup playoffs are kicking off this week where we have the top 125 in the PGA standings uh, playing at the Northern Trust Open Kick us off with uh, anything you need, we need to know about the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, it's always a, uh, a blast to watch. They obviously have um, a select field based on the rankings throughout the year. Um, and they start out with this field. They shave it down after this event, keep shaving it down um, until the last event. I think it's the top 30 guys that basically play off for the, what is it, $32 million this year? Or something yeah. like that. Um, so ten million to the to the winner of the FedEx uh, the playoffs here, FedEx Cup playoffs, and so it's a lot of really great golf with some really great golfers. I mean, this this stretch here it are, are like many majors every week. This pricing, you'll we'll talk about it here shortly, but this pricing this week is like a, a mini major. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I was, I was reading that link you sent earlier. It's like 35 million in bonus stuff and the 32 in the final weekend. It goes like 125 to 100, I think 75 to 30 or something that way. Yes. So this is the last big DFS week in theory if, without yeah. it getting just goofy, goofy. Yeah. Um, Jesse, you have any past event history of the Northern Trust? Yeah, I mean, so this this is a brand new golf course this year, so it doesn't really uh, pertain to where we're at this week. But um, in the past, uh, like last year, this this was played at Beth Page Black, and Patrick Reed won. Uh, year before that, it was at Plainfield Country Club, where Jason Day won. Year before that, it, it was at Ridgewood Country Club, where Hunter Mayhem won. Um, year before that, which was 2013, it was at Liberty National Golf Course, and Adam Scott won. And it was supposed to be at Liberty National again this year because I think they're on basically a four-course rotation for this event. Um, but Liberty National is hosting the uh, President's Cup this year, so they moved it to Glen Oaks Club in Old Westbury, New York. Um, if that's not an uppity name right there, I don't know what it is. But anyways, uh, so that's it. But it doesn't really matter because we have zero-course history. Uh, but those are the fast, past four champions of the of this particular event. I know. Uh, Bucks has some more stuff on the actual course. Yeah, Bucks, why don't you take us on your uh, your research on the course? Yeah, so it's uh, par 70, 7,300 to 7,400 yards. Um, the interesting thing about this course is that it's 27 holes, um, and they're using uh, each nine in, in different ways to make up this 18. So starting with the front nine, um, so at Glen Oaks, let me back up. At Glen Oaks, they have three nines. They have the blue, the red, and the white. Um, so the front nine that they're playing this week consists of six or no, seven holes from the white course and two from the red. Um, so the first and second hole are the white one and two. The three and four are four red um, and five red. And then number five is three white, six, seven, eight, nine are six, seven, eight, nine of the white course. Um, and then the back nine um, is the entire nine of the blue course. So um, did some research on it, looked at some GPS of the holes and kind of figured out what was going on. The interesting thing about this course, and I'm not sure uh, if the designers meant to do it. I'm sure they did, obviously, but um, of the 14 non-par three um, holes or yeah, of the 13, uh, 14 non par three holes, 11 holes, uh, favor the right side. So nine holes of the 18 or nine of the 14 non par three have fairway bunkers left, OB left or water left. And so looking at the, uh, the course layout, uh, a ton of holes that are, uh, favoring the right side. And there's a couple holes that are dog leg rights. And not only that, but there are a ton of bunkers. So there's somewhere right around 60 bunkers on the entire course. Um, so a lot of sand to avoid this week. But at a part 70 at 7,400 yards or just under that, it's pretty long. A, a lot of par fours in the 475 to 515 range. Um, other than that, I mean, the, the only thing of note on the course is that they – they like to call it Augusta North. Um, and when you look at it, it definitely has that feel. It's pretty generous fairways. The rough is a little thicker than Augusta, 
but it's really well manicured, uh, really white sand bunkers. So it should be a really good week. I mean, and I mean, I think this is the fourth week in a row that we've had a course kind of go through a major redesign in the last three or four years. And so uh, in 2012, they did a major redesign, uh, changed some of the holes around, took out, a, took out some trees, and they lost, I think I read, 1,200 trees in Hurricane Sandy. So um, pretty wide open. Um, but the greens are going to be pretty tricky. They're uh, generous, but you have to hit them in the right segments. Um, and then a lot of runoffs, a lot of the greens are, have false fronts, have runoffs, a ton of bunkers, like I said. So you really have to find some guys that not only are good out of the bunkers, but can scramble pretty well. And honestly, guys that can hit spots and targets on greens, not just those freewheelers that are hitting and hoping. Very nice. Um, you were telling us earlier the weather looks pretty darn good this week, so that's nice to know. I don't have to worry too much about that. Yep. Um, us off with uh, some of the key stats you're looking at this week. Did you say me? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. You big man. Broke up there for a second. Um, no I mean, I, I, because it's so long, um, I'm really going to be looking at driving distance. Um, I think that the longer hitters are going to – be at a major advantage here, obviously, because the, there's one par five that's over 600 yards and it's pretty much not reachable, but there is one that is reachable. Um, the par threes are long and then they have, I think, five or six. I'm not sure how many exactly uh, par fours that are playing 450 or longer. There is one reachable, uh, well, maybe potentially reachable par four. It's about 330 yards. So um, first and foremost, driving distance. And then as you know, per my usual, um, I'll throw in a lot of greens and regulation. Um, and then I think scrambling is going to play another good, another good count. Here. Except I've heard that the greens are going to be hard as, as in the surface is going to be hard. Um, and especially if it doesn't get any rain, I don't know that they will put much water on the green. So that could be, that could be pretty important as well. And then back to the old birdie or better percentage as well, you know, a lot of typical stats, but, uh, but heavy emphasis on driving distance this week for me. What about you bucks? What are you looking at this week? Yeah, pretty similar to Jesse. I mean, I'm definitely targeting guys that I know can um, hit the ball pretty long. Um, I do want to target guys that I think will keep it fairly close to the fairway. Um, but from looking at the holes, like Jesse said, there is one unreachable par four. Tons of trouble around that green, so I'm not sure many guys, yeah. unless they're in a tough spot, are going to go after it. Um, but there are a ton of fairway bunkers that to carry it, those bunkers, it's, it's like in the 285 to 300 yard range. And so for guys that can hit it long, I think they have an easier week because they don't have to think about it as much. Um, and then as far as stats go, obviously driving distance, ball striking 175 to 200, 200. Um, I'm also looking like I do most majors, I'm looking at cuts, cut percentage, um, and recent form a, a little heavier. And so I think this week, I, I first and foremost, and this is with most every other week, but especially this week, because I'm going to go um, a little less on the number of lineups I create. So consecutive cuts is uh, important. Cut percentage is important to me. And then the one, and this is more of like an eye test thing, but 
with so many holes that have trouble left, I'm trying to figure out which guys I believe enjoy fading the ball. And so minimizing the left side of the golf course, favoring the right side of the golf course. Um, so there's guys out there that I like that typically like to fade the ball, typically like to eliminate that left side of the golf course. Um, so those are some of the key sets that I'm looking at this week. Nice, nice. I like it. Well, let's get into the DFS picks, what everybody wants to hear. Jesse, kick us off with the 10K range that, uh, or 10K and above range that has, of course, as people should know by now, since there's 125 of the best, the field's loaded. So you got Matsuyama, Fowler, Spieth, McElroy, and DJ up top. Who are you looking at there? Yeah, um, pretty uh, standard as far as the guys, the actual names above 10K, but their orders is quite a bit different than what we're used to. Um, you know, it's usually a McElroy, a DJ, or a Jordan Spieth. Number one, so Hideki's taking over that top spot this week, and it'll be interesting to see exactly what his ownership is, top percentage, and all that, because he is the highest priced guy. He is my favorite play up here in this region. It's just hard to argue with the recent form, um, with the fifth at the PGA Championship, first at the Bridgestone, uh, two, you know, fourteen, two fourteenth place finishes um, across the pond over in uh, in Great Britain or United Kingdom, whatever you want to call it. And then, of course, second place at the U.S. Open. So the guy's just been performing. So he's going to be probably my top play and also my top pick. Um, I hope people fade him due to the salary, but we will see. Um, I think DJ is interesting because <clears throat> when Bucks was talking about the whole left side of the um, golf course and trying to eliminate that with the fade, the first person I think of is, is Dustin Johnson and playing that a nice little butter cut he plays. Um, so he's an interesting play at 10-8, and he's also not coming in with the greatest form um, by his standards anyways. I uh, did, you know, finish 13th at the PGA Championship a couple weeks back. So um, of the of the guys up there, those are probably my two top plays at this point. What about you, Bucks? What are you looking at there? Yeah, um, up here there's – I mean, obviously – like most events, you can make a case for the majority of these guys. Um, but the two guys that I really like in this group are Matsuyama um, and Spieth. Uh, both of them, uh, they're two different types of players, but both kind of fall in the, the key categories that I like. Um, they're good scorers on longer par fours. Um, they score a ton of DK points. Um strokes gain they're killing it obviously um but the, the reason why i like both of them is they're almost like a guaranteed cut and i hate saying that but they kind of are whereas ricky mcelroy johnson they're a little riskier i will say like jesse mentioned i really do like dustin this week um i'm not gonna play him just because i think at 10 8 he's gonna be crazy owned crazy high owned somewhere in the 20 percent range um, but with that being said, he murders the ball off the tee. He loves playing that butter cut. Um, he, he's typically pretty good with kind of those mid irons into greens can pick, pick out targets. But if I, if I had to go two guys, I'd probably go Matsuyama just because I think he'll be one of the lower guys owned because of his price point. Um, but Spee's the other guy that I really like. He, especially at a course that reminds him of Augusta. I think he's going to get, 
jazzed up. He really is good at picking spots on greens and playing that uh, target golf. So I think this suits him well. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'll be jumping on the Matsuyama train. I agree with the, the concept of the low ownership in his recent form. He's just, he's in that groove that he was in earlier in the year. That was pretty darn lights out. Um, I get the speed idea there with Augusta, but I'm going to Ricky Fowler just based on the way he's playing. He's playing really, really well um, of late three top tens in, four, in three of his last four events, 22nd at the British open, but um, playing really good in some, top tier fields, uh, lacing it for once consistently. And you're talking about guys that can bang it bunkers, just like the rest of them. His form is screaming for a top five, if not type thing to the winner's circle. So, uh, I'm going with Ricky at 11, three, probably my top guy. I'm just worried. I'm going to have to check fan share on a lot of these. Cause as I, as I made my list, it's a chalky list. I have a feeling it just feels chalky at least. Like, yeah, so. all, these names, all these names feel talking, especially Ricky, but Ricky at the second highest price is not going to be Ricky at the um, U.S. Open where he was uh, he was 10-5. So, I mean, it's a pretty big price increase, especially with him being the second highest price. So, we'll see. But, yeah, I agree with you on the fence here, deal. Yeah, and, that, and that's why I, 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 I messaged you guys when I saw the prices. I, what you said it, Jesse, you're used to seeing Spieth and Rory and DJ up top. When I saw Fowler at 11-3, I was like, whoa, that kind of stood yeah. out as more than I was shooting for there. But uh, let's get into that $9,000 range. Uh, it's an interesting range. I know Bucks isn't big on it. So, Bucks, let us know who you got. Uh, yeah, there's two guys. I mean, again, nine $9,000 range. There's, what, five guys here, five six games. guys. I mean, there should be a ton more in this range, I think. Um, but the two guys that – um, I'll be targeting this week in this range. Stenson, I don't care if he won last week. Um, I think he's hitting the ball phenomenal. And we saw, I think, last summer, last spring, summer. I mean, when he gets hot, he gets real hot. And he's consistently uh, in contention. So I like Stenson this week. He's number one on my model. Um Scores a ton of DK points, really good with longer par fours, um, and then really, really solid off the tee and obviously coming into green. So he's number one. And then number two um, is Casey. Casey is – I'm always going to play Casey in spots like this, especially on a course kind of set up like Augusta. Um, so he's standing out in my model as well. So I'll be playing them. I think just for the record, I think what I'm going to do this week is fade all the top guys and start kind of probably at Casey and work my way down just as a separator on ownership. I do think Casey will be chalk again, but starting there and working your way down will definitely separate uh, the lineups. Yeah, and you said something important. Like when I made the chalk comment, once I got down to like the 7K range, that's where I think I'm going to do most of my separating. So your your yep. your idea works pretty good there. Uh, Jesse, who are you liking in the 9K? You know, Paul Casey, number two on your list, number one in my heart. Um, <laughs> goes without saying, um, you know, Paul Casey at 9,000 is not Paul Casey at 7,800 like he was at the PGA Championship. So I don't expect to see 30% ownership like he was. No. Um, there, so I, 
I'm, I'm totally on board with him again. Like you said, um, I think Jason Day is interesting too. Um, at 9,700, he comes in uh, off the ninth place at the at the PGA Championship, and if it wasn't for one of the worst shots in the history of golf um, on the 18th on Saturday, you know, he's in contention there uh, for you know at least probably top five there at the uh, at the PGA Championship. So I think he's interesting too, and that's a pretty big price decrease. I mean, even if you start with Jason Day, um, or like you said, Stinson, and you and you and you work your way down from there and, and say discipline not to go above that, more than likely you're going to have a unique lineup or at least a more unique lineup than, um, you know, if you take one of the top guys. So, I mean, a lot of people are going to start up there just like usual. It's the way it always works. Um, but I'll have some day Casey and, and some Stinson this week as well. Oh. We'll make that a, a three-way on the Casey train as usual. This seems to be a, a pro Casey podcast and uh, <laughs> I, I, don't even, I don't even have to talk about that anymore. The guy that stood out to me, if I wasn't going Ricky Fowler, which I don't think I'll do a ton, I'll have him in a couple as my high price guy. But Jason Day was the one I was just – um, as people may know by now, I am a recent forum person, and Jason Day is starting to really, really look like that Jason Day that we used to expect. And he even said it. He's been working on things. He's starting to get things right. His mom's healthy again. I love everything about his game right now. He, sh- he showed up really well at the PGA Championship. I think he's ready to play this weekend, and uh, he'll be probably my highest own guy I have. Um, I think I'm going to do a lot of day-Casey combos. Um, there was a third guy in this range I liked, but now that he's Anderkirst, I don't know if I can touch Kopka. I like I like Brooks's game right now, but um, and he's another bomber in the DJ fashion in my mind that could play this course really well if he's hitting it straight, and I still might look more into him, but that Anderkirst is a real thing. And so I don't know if I'm going there. I know that's great, um, you know, analysis, but it's that simple. <laughs> well, really just good. for the record, Andrew Kirsch guys are Justin Thomas, uh, Brooks Kepka, and Daniel Berger, right? So if you don't know what the Andrew Kirsch is, it's a guy who lays out picks every week, and he and those guys usually tank and or have no shot at winning at all whatsoever. So um, just for those who don't follow along there, but uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of I was kind of glad to see that because I'm not. I mean, Justin Thomas, I like the guy. He's just so sketch. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be happy not playing Brooks, that's for sure. But Yeah, yeah Brooks will make another nice play. At 9,100, that's a discount in my mind on what he can potentially do. He's a legit chance at winning this tournament, so that, that, that sucks. But um, let's get into the 8K range. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, kick us off. We've got about, you know, two, four, six, about ten guys, nine to ten guys in this range. What do you got? Yeah, uh, inter- another interesting range. Um, you know, a guy like John Rahm is at eighty nine hundred, and he's been consistently above nine in a lot of in a lot of golf tournaments. Uh, in you know the ten plus range, as he was at the PGA Championship, where he was ten thousand one hundred and finished fifty eighth. So that's interesting to me that he's that cheap. Um, you know, starting eighty nine hundred. It'll be interesting though to see how highly touted he is because of that price decrease. It's pretty significant. I'm not a huge fan of his form coming in, but he's one of those guys who could turn it on at any point in time. Um, Matt Kuchar is interesting to me as well. I know we talked about him a little bit, I think, on the PGA uh, Championship podcast, and I think even in some DMs, um, you know, I talked to somebody about him and said I just don't like the fact that he's not as long off the tee. I mean, he hit at 282 off the tee at the PGA Championship, uh, but some somehow still managed to get a top ten. 
Um, and that's pretty big, especially at 8,700. Um, you know, so I'll, I'm going to take another look at him, but I do like him just in my, you know, quick view. Uh, Mark Leishman, I think is interesting as well. I, I tend to continue to go back to him just because he's one of those guys who's very consistent as far as making cuts, knock on wood, hasn't missed one since the players championship in May. Um, another guy, 8,100 that I think is super interesting because he hit, um, 81% of greens regulation last last week, 76% the week before, and 80% at the John Deere Classic. So the last three tournaments he's played in, he's basically hitting 80% of his greens in regulation, and that's all he Snyder jams. Um, I'm just interested to see how highly touted he will be coming off that win. That is a humongous price for him at 8,100 in this field. Um, he was 7,600 last week in the Wyndham. So he goes up 500 in a much, 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 much stronger field. So be interesting to see if anybody else is on him. But I do like him because of the fact that he is hitting, obviously, his irons very well at this point. Definitely. Um, I, I agree with you on the Kuchar thing. And like Bucks was saying, I'll hand it off to Bucks here in a second. But uh, Kuchar is that cut maker you're looking for, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah. Bucks, what are you seeing in this $8,000 range? Yeah, there's two guys that I'm targeting in this range that I really like. Um, one is Berger. Um, he is he comes up eighth in my stat model. Um, he's solid all around, so I'll definitely be playing him because um, I think he's under-owned. Um, Leishman is another guy that I really like, like Jesse mentioned. Um, they both fit kind of the mold that I'm looking for, um, consistency, uh, been playing well of late, which is great. A couple guys in this range um, that I like. You said Kucher is one of those guys that seems to always show up every week. He's gonna make the cut for sure. Um, I'm not a huge Kucher fan, and so I'm gonna fade him. But if you're looking for like an auto cut, he's kind of your guy, right? Um, but I think at this price point too, just with his history especially in majors that he's going to be pretty highly owned. Um, and I'm hoping with Kucher, Rose, um, Zach Johnson around that group that Leishman and Berger are kind of under owned. Um, the one thing I'll mention about Ali, cause I really do like Ali a lot. Um, but the one thing I'll mention about him is when he misses it, he tends to miss way left. Um, and I'm not sure he's long enough to, avoid some of the trouble that's left like uh guys that we mentioned earlier uh jason day ricky fowler those guys when they miss they miss the left but they're long so they're going to carry some of that trouble that i'm more concerned of on the left side of the golf course whereas i don't think ollie can carry some of that um so i'll be fading ollie not only because he played really well last week in a weak field um but because I don't think he has the firepower to miss some of the trouble left if the swing's not right on. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'll be going Kucher at 8,700. You guys hit on all the points, positive and negative there. And then um, I am on the Leishman trade. I like him a lot this week. Um, very, very consistent. Nine straight cuts made. He, um, It's like full five or six in the top ten. Um, are in the top 20 and like three or four in the top 10. He's been playing really, really good golf. 
and he fits the course nicely if it's Augusta like. So those will be my two in the 8,000 range. I'm not going too deep here. I have a handful in the sevens where, like I said, I'll deviate in that area. But Kuchar and Leishman for me. Uh, Bucks, take us into the $7,000 range. Yeah, there's 400,000 guys in this range. <laughs> um, yes, there are. Ridiculous. But I'll go through a list of the guys I like and highlight a few of them. So in this range, I like Hoffman, Simpson, Duffner, Lovemark, Steele, and Xander Shoffway, uh, Jesse's boy. Uh, a couple guys that I'm not playing this week that I typically really like. One, Sabatini, played great last week. I've been on him a few weeks now. Um, I just don't think this course sets up well for him. He, he's way down there in my stat model. Um, and another guy that I'm fading this week that I think will be chalk again is Finale. He is 7,300. He should probably be 8,300 or 8,500 at the minimum. Um, but for some reason, he's still 7,300. He's going to be 25-plus percent owned. Um, and he's one of those guys that I just mentioned that um, when he misses, he misses left. He is longer, so you don't have to worry about some of that. But he's also not very good from the 175 to 200-yard range. So I'm going to be fading him. Um, but probably my most – played guy in this range um, is probably going to be Hoffman. I think he, I think this week because he took a week off, finally um, he may be a little under owned, um, which will be nice, but I think he has the game uh, suits this course real well. Um, recent form has been great, obviously, and he's rested up for a week. So I'm hoping he gets right back on it. I can dig it. What do you got, Jesse? Yeah, I like the Hoffman call myself. I'm also going to be on um, Hoffman quite a bit. Uh, Patrick Canley is another guy at 7,800, um, who I probably will have quite a bit of. He's uh, not played since the PGA Championship, where he finished 33rd, but just been making cuts. Um, and at 7,800, make the cut, and let's see what happens. Now, the one thing about this is, you know, you're going from a 125-man 120, field down to 70, so – it's not like the usual 156 down to 70. So the cut carnage may not be there, but getting six to six is going to be even more crucial because it's going to be probably 20 to 30% that people, you know, teams having six to six. So if you don't, you're not cashing. Now, if you get six to six and you don't cash, don't tweet at me because I don't care because it happened to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another guy, uh, I think Lucas Glover, you know, he's coming off. He didn't play great last weekend, but he did uh, have all uh, four rounds in the 60s, uh, finished 28th at the Wyndham last week, um, and has some pretty good form coming in. Uh, and then last but not least, just to mention, uh, I mean, there's, like you said, there's a, a billion guys in this in this area, but Martin Flores, um, your boy Bubba, um, I do like him a lot this week. A, because I think he's in a really good price point where he's going to get overlooked. Um, but B, he's hitting a lot, a lot of greens, um, and he hits it far enough. He averaged 322 off the tee last week um, and hit 84% of his greens in regulation. Now, sometimes the driver gets a little bit wonky, but hopefully the 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 um, you know the rough here isn't going to be too awful bad. Um, so I think Flores is a, a sneaky little play there as well. Yeah, uh, we have a lot of similar plays as always, so I'll go through them quickly. Hoffman, I had circled at the top of the list. And then Duff Daddy, who, Bucks, you got me on him last weekend. 
I don't think I can quit him. Just his consistency has been really, really, really nice in the lineups lately. A guy I've been on the last few times he's played, he took last week off, um, played the PGA. But Jamie Lovemark is playing really, really good golf right now, and he is a bomber. So um, I think he lines up really well for this tournament. And for some reason, if I remember correctly, he gets overlooked quite a bit compared to oh, – yeah. because it seems like, it seems like when you hear about him all the time, people are hating on him. And people are just like, nope, no, nope, he's, he's bad, this, that, or the other. But it's like he, the similar thing you said about Flores, who was next on my list that I like. He's in that range where you're going to see these other names around him that people, you know, glide to. And I think these guys will be overlooked in that mid-sevens. Um, a couple guys I'm going to look into a little more, like Streelman. I know he fell apart and got uh, towards on Saturday. But as a whole, he's been really, really consistent of getting through for you. Um, I love some Lucas Glover. I yeah, Just the way he's playing, I know he – like you said, Jesse, he didn't dominate this last weekend, but heck, four rounds in the 60s, I think we'll sign up for that any day of the week. Um, so that's very solid stuff. And he's been like a top 30 machine lately. And if your guys in the low sevens can top 30 it for you, that's all you, you're, you're pretty pumped on that theory. So uh, Shoffley, I like a lot because one thing we talked about Xander like a week or two ago is he wasn't taking any time off. Well, he's taking a couple weeks off now. And or at yeah. least one week for sure. And um, maybe got to refuel and get things back in order. He took one week off. So um, I think that's big for him because it's the cut at the PGA. He was one of the hottest golfers out there. And he was, yeah. wasn't playing in just trash fields every time. So that week off could be really big for him. And I think a 71 could be nice. I'm just worried at that price point, everyone's going to flock to him at right, 7,000. So that worries me a bit. But uh, those are the guys I'll be looking at. I'll probably be focused like you, Bucks. I, I've been a Hoffman guy since we started this podcast, basically. And uh, Hoffman, Lovemark, and Flores, and Glover. Those will be like my main four in the 7K range. And then I'll sprinkle around. And I want to look at Sabatini some more because you just concerned me with your, your lover boy and you're not on him. That really worries me. <laughs> that'd be like jesse saying i'm not on paul casey all right uh, i don't know if it'd be that bad but <laughs> i know i'm just joking i'm joking i'm joking um let's finish it up with the lower range the below the 6900 and below range which you know it's pretty nasty down there but somehow you're gonna need one of these guys to probably show up and if you want to win the big bucks so let's talk the big bucks what do you got on this one yeah, I think so. Let me touch um, real quick on Xander. I think he will be overlooked um, a little bit this week because there's so many guys around 7,300 to 6,800 that are so good. Um, and the, the first guy I mentioned here is the biggest reason I think Xander will be overlooked is because for some reason, Charles Schwartzel is 6,900 this week, which is just mind boggling. Um, a guy that is actually playing pretty well. Um, he scores a ton of points on DraftKings. Um, he's just a really good ball striker all around. Um, the only thing that, from what I can see, that I'm not a huge fan of is when he misses, he misses it left. But honestly, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, but again, and this is another guy that always shows up at Augusta and plays well too, so. Um, great out of the sand, makes a ton of cuts. Um, not sure why he's in a 6,900. I could see him being chalky at 7,500, so even 8,200, something like that. So Charles Schwartzel is 
uh, definitely my top guy in the 6,000 range. But a couple guys that I like a lot in this range, Harris English um, and Kokrek. Both guys I had last week, both played well. Um, Kokrek's a guy that we've been talking about in our group chat for a few weeks now, um, and he's been solid. So there are a bunch of guys down here that you could play. I mean, Charles Howe, Kevin Na. Uh, Grayson Murray, Harold Varner, all these guys have had really good uh, weeks. The one guy down here I think is going to be super chalk is Ches Reeve. Um And then one guy who uh, I will never roster again is Danny Lee down here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's a ton of really good golfers down here. Um, so I, I think the re- here's the biggest reason why I think I'm going to stay fairly balanced from like 9,000 to 7,200 is because I think this week with the people down here, we're going to see a ton of stars and scrubs lineups. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I agree. Jesse, what do you like in the 6,900 and below? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It's just the problem is obviously if you don't hit the winner up top there, then the, you're going oh, back. Right. Like, I mean, that's what, that's what bit me so bad last week was Henrik and Webb being so highly on. Well, Henrik wasn't himself, but Webb was like 30% on. So, get a top three out of that guy and you just are pretty much sunk. But uh, uh, I'm with you on uh, Charles. I had him check. Kokrak, super interesting. Hits it up way, way, way off the tee. I mean, just bombs it off the tee. Uh, another guy all four rounds in the 60s last week, including the 63 on Saturday. So he may have found something. Um, I think Bud Colley, going back to Bud Colley, is interesting. His putter was so bad last week, and that's really what held him back. Um, from being in any kind of contention, he finished 42nd. But if the putter can potentially get going, then he can be right there, I think, um, on Sunday. A few more guys. C.T. Pan, um, I was on him a little bit last week, kind of as a late add. And he did all right. I mean, he made the cut. But just one of those guys who hits a lot of uh, greens regulation. Once again, hit 83% greens regulation. Putter was awful. So maybe if he gets the putter going. Graham Delay being 6,800 is pretty ridiculous, I think. Coming off the seventh, the PGA Championship. Um, he's interesting because he did play so well at the PGA Championship. Now, he might finish dead last. Um, I think he's worth a look myself. Two more guys, and these are pretty much punt plays for me. Um, Scott Brown. Only reason being is I read a quote earlier today, and it said, so I went over and played it. And I'm glad I did when he's talking about the golf course. It's my kind of golf course. So, you know, he likes the golf course. That is kind of a, an angle that I like, obviously. And then last but not least, uh, J.J. Henry hit 91% of greens and regulation last week. Um, 82% of his drives were in the fairway. And his putter was awful. So hopefully he can get a field putting coach and maybe figure something out but he's a pretty good pump play at 6600 basically minimum price so um those are a few guys there what do you think about luke list bubba i'm not on list at all i only have three guys down here i like i no care for list but i know he can hit it hard and hit it long so if he's on he's not a bad punt play but bucks what do you like on list yeah i mean he's not bad he does score quite a few DraftKings points and he plays really well on longer par fours. Um, the only thing that he's not kind of in like the top 70 on my stat model is 
proximity from that 175 to 200 range. But I mean, when you look at like strokes gained overall, he's in the top 50. So, I mean, a 6,600, you could definitely do a lot worse down here. So the, the other oh, guy, the other guy that I liked does. down here was yeah. uh, Kelly Kraft too. I mean, he's, he'll be one of those 0.1% guys and he's been hitting it pretty decent. The only reason I said Luke List is because it seems to be like a DFS darling and everybody's on yeah. him and working him missing five footers. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if he'll be, I mean, if he's more than, you know, five to 10% owned, you know, in my opinion, he's a great fade, but if he's less than he could, you know, if the putter gets hot, another one of those guys, seems like a lot of these guys down here are just terrible putters, which is pretty much the difference between a great golfer and a, Min-price golfers. Yeah, and and I think the, I think with these greens, from what I've read from people that have played it recently, is that um, the lines are really pure, and so I think you'll see some of the good putters really accelerate this week um, and step up, whereas the guys that are struggling um, are going to get lapped even further. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, and, and back to back to back to list real quick. He's basically boomer bust. Which, so GPP, yeah, roll the dice with him. Other than that, if you're trying to go balanced, he's he's too risky for me. Yeah. But um, I'll start backwards since uh, Ches Reeve already was called chalky. But uh, I love the way he's playing. <laughs> and like, if Uber you're going to hey, well, let's see the over under twenty percent. Over. What do you think he's going to be then? Probably twenty to twenty five percent right there. I think twenty percent is a great over under line on him. All right. Um and then and then Kokrak or Cockrock as I like to call him. I think he's a very, <laughs> very good play this week. Yeah, and my like third that. one that none of you guys mentioned, and if I'm missing something, please let me know. Chad Campbell at sixty nine hundred bucks. What am I missing here with Chad Campbell? This guy has just been um a cut machine of late playing really, really good golf. He's hanging around some high finishes, but at worst, he's around like a 30th place or better. I don't see what I'm missing here unless I am. Let me know. You guys see anything different with him? I mean, I'm looking at my the, the stat model now, and he's pretty, I mean, pretty consistent across the board in the top 60 in almost every category. Um, so, I mean, it, the only reason that I think – he, I think he'll be super low owned just because you have Schwarzel, Kokrak, um, some of the guys that people like, DeChambeau even around here, Bug Holly. Um, so yeah, I don't see any reason why not to sprinkle some of him in. Yeah, yeah I, like I, mean, I, I don't mind. He hit eighty three percent of his greens last week in regulation, and Driver was pretty good. Um, but another guy whose putter sucked. So you know, I, I think he's a good yeah. bump player. And then there's one more I, I just noticed that if it's similar to the Luke List category for me, but he's 300 more. He's he can hit it a long, long ways, but it's, it's boomer bust. Is Cam Smith at 6900? Again, he'll be in that range that you know with your Schwartzels and company, well overlooked. But that's a dicey play. Yeah. Well, he he shot 63 on Sunday at the Wyndham last week, so he found something because he was awful uh, before that <clears throat> since his win in that doubles thing. He won that, didn't he? I think he won that. Yeah, he won that in the playoff. He's been—he's not been. All right, let's, 
since. Let's take us to the yeah. Let's take us to the punt plays, Jesse. What do you? Who's your top punt play of the week? Yeah, I'll go with uh, JJ Henry. Um, if I'm down here at the bottom and I'm bottom dwelling, uh, I like JJ just to take a a, a flyer on Pat Kazire is another guy who is I think interesting as well. What about you, Bucks? Um, two guys, Harris English, um, and a guy that I actually really like down here is David Langmurth at 6,600. Yeah, that's a good one right there. Link, that's a good price there. I forgot all about him. He's a sneaky good one. Um, yeah. My punts are going to be Campbell, Chad Campbell, and then Kokrak will be my two punt plays. Bucks, take us to your high-owned bust of the week. And if you say Chaz Reeve, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll try to keep these in kind of the higher price guys because once you get down to that lower price point, anything can really happen. But the, there's a couple guys that I don't know if I'm saying it just because I hope it happens or because I <laughs> think it happens. Um, but I, I'm not a fan of Ricky this week. Um, sorry, Bubba. I'm not saying he doesn't play well. I just don't think he um, hits value. I guess um, another guy that I just I really can see missing the cut or hope he misses the cut is Kucher. I mean, he wow. Mister Mister Consistency. I think he's going to be chalk, and I'm fading him, so I want him to miss the cut. He's just picking my lineups apart. Uh, Jesse, what do you got? <laughs> trash all the picks. Just trash them all. Yeah. Um, I'll go with all of Buck's picks. Um, everybody who Buck's said. Uh, <laughs> I think um, I think the guy that like will probably be the highest owned as far as with the best potential to miss the cut is Justin Thomas. Um, I'll agree coming with off, that. Coming off the PJ you know, championship win – He's going to be, you know, 20 probably plus percent, especially at 9,400. Um, and, I mean, just the, it, love him to death. But the guy is just so sketchy um, with his game. You know, maybe he figured something out and he'll just light the word on fire again. But, um, given past performances, you know, this is a, probably a good place for him to miss a cut. Yeah. I'd go Rory up top, but he might not even be that high owned as we noticed when he was coming in banged up to what the, the British Open. He wasn't even that high owned. Is but, he uh, playing this week? Yeah, he's in. Yeah, okay. yeah he's in. He's, he's he's playing. Unless he withdraws like tomorrow or Wednesday, he's playing. Um, I got Rory, and then I agree 100% the guy I focused on was Justin Thomas. I think he's that guy that if he's locked in, he's great, but all it takes is one shot to turn around into an 80 for him. Because yeah, it's, right. it, it, it's, it's almost Rom-like implosion. Yep. So, Jay, my guy. Okay, what are your, like, two or three core players, Jesse? Um, I think I'm going to go Hideki up top. Um, and I have some Paul Casey. And obviously, I can't not go Paul Casey. But then um, getting down to kind of the lower end or middle, middle to fill in with Hideki, um, Ollie and Patrick Cantlay, I think, are my two. So those would be the three: Hideki, Ollie, Char- or and Cantlay. What about you, Bucks? Um, probably three core guys this week. Going to be Xander, Hoffman, um, and Berger. I like it. I'm going to be focusing on Jason Day, Paul Casey, and I'll be down there with uh, Hoffman as well. That'll be my threesome. 
Last but not least, Bucks, who's your winner? Um, if I'm being honest with myself, Stenson, I think he wins again. Um, but I really, really want Hoffman to win. So I'll say Hoffman. Jesse? Paul oh, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board with that, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm all good with that, especially because my, my pick to win is Jason Day. So if it's Casey or Dave, let's go. I'm just fine with that. Yep. Yeah, let's ride that one out. One, two, finish. I don't care what order. Yes. I'm good with it. With it. But yeah, J Day. Do we have any listener questions, Jesse? Yeah, we got a few. Uh, first one comes from our boy at Hatchman41, who called the uh, Justin Thomas uh, win at the PGA Championship. And he says, David Lingworth, top 10 this week. Question mark. There you go, Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could definitely see it happening. Um, stacked field, but the guy's been playing well. I mean, he's definitely a seven, mid seven K guy that you're getting at sixty six hundred. So you could definitely uh, do worse. And if you're playing a ton of lineups, I definitely throw him in a, a fair majority of them. Yeah, he plays Augusta courses very, very well. So if it is like Augusta, it's a good fit for him. Yeah, you guys can have all the link work. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, next question comes from our dude, OG John, at Clem Bros. Momentum, a big factor, or total reset? Um, for me, it's a big factor. I love guys who are playing well coming in. We talk about recent form every week. So, um, yeah, definitely a big factor for me. Yeah, I think current form um... – is really good. And I think um, with this being a brand new course, it's going to be a little different because nobody's really seen it. Um, but current form in these type of events with such a strong field is definitely higher on my list than picking certain categories. I'm with you there. Anything else, Jesse? Uh, yeah, we got a few more, two more. Um, Jason Day, has he shown enough recently to believe his game might be coming back to an elite level? I will say maybe. <laughs> I'll say El yes. Elite, yeah, I think yes. Elite's a strong word, but I think he's getting darn close. Not Maybe not like torching the field every week close, but he could definitely be in contention on Sunday. I can see that my, in a heartbeat. My issue with him is he has not hit his driver straight at all. And it gets him in trouble, and he takes the big number. Um, so if he can straighten out his driver, the answer to that question is 100% yes. But that's a big if. I have to see it. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think with this course, the way that it's set up and how generous the landing areas are, not just not just with fairways, because Jason Day is going to miss the fairway. But right. it's not like there are some holes that are tree lined, but there are some holes that are pretty wide open. I mean, you can blow it everywhere. Um, and yeah, you'll be in some rough, but you have a shot. So gotcha. that makes him a little bit more interesting than in my opinion. Um, last yeah. question. Uh, would you agree the course seems to lean toward accuracy, especially off the tee? If so, who stands out? I think we talked about this. You just talked about it. Basically it's not um, what you would consider an accuracy type of course. In, in Bucks's view anyways, which I translate to my view. Um, and so the answer to that first question is no. And we, you know, we've talked about who stands out all for the last hour. Yeah, I'll say it depends on the condition of the greens. If, if the greens are fair, 
then I would much rather have a guy that's going to murder it off the tee. But if the greens get super, super firm, then I'd love to have the guys that hit the fairway more often, control their spin uh, better into some of those target zones on the greens, those quadrants or segments, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. And that, and that really brings your uh, stat of, you know, proximity from say 150, 175 or 175 to 200, that much more important. Or if they're just playing Snells, they're golden. That's right. Team Snell. There we go. Well, sweet. Any last words tonight, gentlemen? Another good always pressing is in the books. Je uh, Jesse? Uh, no, that's it. Uh, last two uh, scrambles I played with Snell's uh, shot – 34 under, so just keep that in mind, Snails. Woo, 34 under, good Lord. Bucks, what you got? Well, it's a scramble. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Bucks, what do you got? Uh, looking forward to an awesome weekend. Um, we, this is a question we didn't ask. What do you think the winning score is? Well, you guys were saying they played a tournament there last year and only one score was under, but these guys are a little better than that. I'm going to go with <laughs> – Eight under. I like it. Yeah, like eight. I was going to say if the greens are fair, probably 12, but eight to 12 would be a really good range, I think. Guys, think if guys get in too much trouble, it could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. That'll do it. Thanks for listening, everybody. Check us out at Always Press DFS on Twitter. Keep following, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud, all that good stuff. Rate and review, all the fun stuff we get to promote. <laughs> more importantly, good luck this week. Hope you guys win some money on the DFS slate. It's a lot of big tournaments, as Jesse tweeted out earlier today. So let's get it in, and we will catch you guys next week.